Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. These are just a few scenes from the inspiring America the Beautiful show. A coast-to-coast -coast look at the many faces of America. This is Tower. Launch sequence engaged. W Radio. Your information station. Hello and welcome to the WW Radio Show. Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 435. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So we're often so busy rushing between attractions that we sometimes forget that we're on vacation when we visit Walt Disney World. And sometimes you're so consumed with trying to see it all that you miss more than you should. And because of that, many experiences, especially those outside the parks, are either overlooked or, in the case of this week's show, are ones that you might not even know exist. So I invite you to join me this week as we take a step through time within the walls of Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa for a special treat and memorable experience as we'll sample the cherished tradition of British refinement with afternoon tea at the Garden View Tea Room. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some updates, announcements, and information about upcoming events in Walt Disney World and on the road. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. maybe overuse the term dining experience quite often when I talk about eating at Walt Disney World. When I use, when you think about dining experiences, you might think of Victorian Alberts or dinner at Be Our Guest or something exotic, maybe like Gico or Boma. But the word dining experience really can embody so many more things in so many different ways. And I say all the time, and it's true, that some of the best and most unique meals I've ever had anywhere, not just in the Walt Disney World, but the entire planet Earth world, have been here at the Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts. And sometimes some of the dining experiences that you might not think about are maybe a little bit off the radar. And today I'm here at one of my favorite, most beautiful resorts, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, to try something that I have never done before, which is afternoon tea at the Garden View Lounge. And in order to have a true, proper British afternoon tea, I need to experience it the right way with the right person, and that's with somebody who hails from Britain herself. Hi, how are you? Great. My name is Amanda. I'll be taking care of you. Have we ever been here before? 
We have not. Nice. Well, welcome. Have you had a chance to look over the menu at all? Not yet. All right, no problem. Well, I'll give you a few moments to look over the menu, and I'll be right back to answer any questions you may have for me. Thank Lovely. You. Thank you. <laughs> you can tell by hearing her voice in the background, once again, back to the show, is Emma from the UK. Hello, Lee. Thanks for having me back. Uh, listen, you can come back and you just keep talking with that little accent and you can come back every day. Um, so we have done, this is our third This will be show the third one. We did the United Kingdom Pavilion Walkthrough, sort of the fantasy versus reality, right? Yes. How, how close was the United Kingdom Pavilion? And I think we had a little fish and chips yes. close to the real thing. I don't even remember what show number that was. That was no. back like in the 100s, 200s. <laughs> yeah. And then... Because it's always about food. We also did a live review of the Rose and Crown Pub, which I love and still think about lovingly. Can you say Scotch Eggs? Um, and that was maybe a year or two ago? Uh, yeah, it would have been uh, two years ago, actually, this month. So, um, And yeah, I know that um, several people have got in touch with me and you um, to say that they've uh, eaten there based on our show. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, sometimes we go and we enjoy it and you don't know how that might uh, impla- impact or influence people. So it's great to hear that other people love the scotch eggs uh, and the mushy <laughs> peas as much as, as we do. And I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm going to probably attempt to do uh, my best English accent. And it's going to sound, you know, worse than like Dick Van Dyke and Miss Mary Poppins. So. But that's just expected, Lou. I know that you, you like all things British, including the accent. I do. I do. And I and I love this idea of traditional afternoon tea and this was this was something that was your suggestion and I never really thought to connect the two um, but so this is gonna be the first of probably many ignorant questions <laughs> you know afternoon tea is a at least from what I understand is a is a typical traditional British thing or is it something that still happens every day or is it you know something that from days gone by I think it's um, a historical thing. I think it's now become um, something that's a, a tourist attraction, really. Um, so um, apparently, you know, back in the day... Um, in, in Britain you would have breakfast and you would have your evening meal so you would go the whole day without anything um, I could never live there you know that right? that's it yeah so <laughs> I think the high society ladies introduced a, an afternoon tea so that they could get together with their friends um, and have a cup of tea and a little snack and that would then keep them going and, until the evening um, and what's happened I mean we do still have that perhaps that early afternoon snack um, I work in sort of like a, a university and there are sort of places in offices and I think you sort of normally have like that, you know, cake at 3pm or something like that just to keep you going. Um, but we do, uh, it's afternoon tea is a treat. It's something that you may go to um, an expensive restaurant or hotel to actually have the experience and it would be very similar to it here at the Garden View. Um there are sort of places I know of in London, like the Savoy and the Ritz, um, and they do a, a very proper English tea, um, afternoon tea, and it's really is a tourist thing um, and it's also I know a lot of people that have booked it to celebrate like their 40th birthday or their retirement something like that so it's a special occasion see so here I was thinking alright everything in, in the UK stops at 3 o'clock it's like a siesta you, everybody stops and you don't book anything between 3 and 4 because you have to stop and have your spot of tea on your fine china with your pinkies out 
uh, yeah. <laughs> now, actually, that's quite interesting because obviously we drink mugs of tea um, and some people do actually prefer China teacups because apparently the tea tastes differently. Hmm. I think this is going to be the first of many things I'm going to, to learn. To, and look, I mean, we come into the Grand Floridian and this is sort of the, the flagship resort. It does have that Victorian elegance and charm. And the Garden View Tea Room, I think a lot of people probably walk around. When we came in, you said, I don't even know where we're going. It's on the first floor, um, all the way at the far end uh, by the doors and, and uh, the walkway by the, um, by the, by the gift shops. Um, and so many people walk by, and they do have a perfectly princess tea party, which is not what we're doing. Unfortunately, we're not doing that today. I thought that's what, that's what I'd signed up for, Lou. <laughs> um, where you can sort of get together with the princesses and there's a story and there's all kinds of things. And that's really sort of, I think, um, you know, a mother-daughter, daddy-daughter type experience. Uh, but this is sort of that formal afternoon tea. I believe it runs from 12 to 5. Um, I wanted to dress appropriately, so I wore my uh, top hat and my monocle and my cane because, again, I, I thought how everybody in Britain dressed for afternoon tea. <laughs> of course, I've got my full-length <laughs> dress on and my bonnet. But it's, um, I mean, lovely. It's, you can hear the music in the background, even... Um, the colors, the, the subtle uh, pastels and the greens and the reds. And again, we sat down to a, um, a tabletop filled with, with you know, very nice um, saltman china in our little teacups and our, our little spot of sugar cubes in there. Um, and we're given a menu that sort of outlines the different types of traditional afternoon teas. And I, I, I'm hoping she's going to come by and explain it to me because it looks like it's, it's a multi-course type meal. You can do a Yorkshire tea, a Brookshire tea, a Cheshire tea, a Derbyshire. I'm going to start. This is where I start messing up the name. Why don't you say the names? Because it sounds nicer. Oh, now here's the test. I'm from Norfolk, so we say things completely different anyway because we're from the country. I'm from Jersey, so it's going to sound much better than the country. So, yeah, we've got the Yorkshire tea, the Berkshire tea, the Cheshire tea... Derbyshire tea, Bedfordshire tea, and the Mrs. Potts tea, which is for ages three to nine. So that cancels us both out, I think. <laughs> and so when, when tea is traditionally served, it's, it's again, I understand it's a tourist thing, but maybe historically, it's a tea and finger sandwiches or pastries or petty fours. I mean, so it's more of a snack as opposed to uh, like a full-blown lunch. Yes. There's that um, kind of, again, that stereotype that it's sort of tea and cucumber sandwiches. That's kind of the sort of joke, really. That's, you know, what you have. But, yes, it would normally be uh, finger sandwiches. So, again, it'll be interesting to see if Disney has taken it and interpreted it to, um, you know, what they feel people, Disney guests, would actually like to eat while they're here. And as you look, as I do a, a quick um, skim of the menu, I see that in terms of, of price and offerings, it ranges from about uh, $30 per guest up to $175 to share for two. And again, they are multiple courses. So when you say $175 for two people, what that includes in your first course is North American caviar with traditional accompaniments. Uh, second course is a medley of finger sandwiches with berries, cheese, and I don't even know what Lavoche is. I don't know what that is either, so that's going to be interesting. Um, oh, third course, you had me at buttery scone and jam tart. And the finale is a, a choice of delicate house-made pastries, strawberries and cream, and an English trifle. 
Yes. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what the English trifle is like. What is an English trifle? Um, it's funny because, um, it's sort of again, more commonly, you have trifle as a sort of like party dish or, um, yeah, sort of like a, um, a, a party, a Christmas buffet, something like that. And it's normally um, sort of a strawberry jelly. Do you have jelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not jam like a set jelly okay. <laughs> um, with like um, bits of sponge in it um, and then a layer of custard and then a layer of cream on top and then little sprinkles on top of that so it'd be interesting to see if that's the trifle that they're actually serving or something a lot more expensive <laughs> interesting and you also get uh, two glasses of champagne and your choice of two pots of tea and they move down again it goes the, the Brookshire um is, is a little bit less, and then there's the, the Cheshire is $48, $45, uh, and again, the Mrs. Potts tea. And then if you turn the, the page, there are a wide wow. variety. Holy cow, <laughs> 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, I mean, probably around 20 different types of tea, and this is where um, I need your help because I want to do this the right way, the proper way. So there are seasonal tea selections. There's a gingerbread, a nutcracker, and a masala black tea chai, as well as signature blends, including the Princess Breakfast Tea, Garden View, Mad Hatter's, there's Ceylon teas, uh, organic rebose teas, uh, jade leaf teas, jasmine teas. So correct me if I'm wrong, is an English breakfast tea only served at breakfast? Is it like tea Earl Grey hot, which you have the rest of the day? Um, it's really interesting because I think a lot of these are like speciality teas that even um, tea drinkers wouldn't drink all the time. Um, so just the same as you have your regular coffee and then you might treat yourself to something that's a bit spicier or a bit sweeter. That's what this is like, really. So your English breakfast tea is what is our standard tea. So that's your tea that you get in tea bags, um, might be uh, PG Tips or Yorkshire tea, things like that. That's basically what that is. You're every day, have a mug of tea. And it's a strong black tea. Yeah, it starts off black, obviously. Most people drink it with milk. See, I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) I have milk in my coffee, but I've always had my tea. Oh, and you're shuddering in disgust. Oh, yeah. So you're supposed to have milk in your tea. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's a right way of doing it as well. Like, there's arguments as to whether you put the milk in first and then the hot water, or the hot water in the tea bag and then the milk after you've taken the tea bag out. And it depends where you live in the UK as to whether you have hard or soft water and whether you have, like, a good cup of tea or not. Wow. <laughs> this is so complicated. <laughs> um, and you have tea with... You know, with you put sugar in your tea, cubes of sugar in your tea, and, you, and the milk. Okay, I'm learning as as we go along. I um I do like English breakfast tea. I also like Earl Grey tea. Is that more of an American tea, or is it something that? No, Earl Grey is is lovely. It's very strong, um, and I think it's definitely an acquired taste. But um, yes, it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, it's quite fragrant as well. And you perhaps wouldn't have as much milk in an Earl Grey as you would with the breakfast tea. What about green teas? I know tr- green teas sort of traditionally more um, you know Eastern Asian type teas. 
Yeah, I mean, um, funnily enough, I don't actually drink normal tea. I only drink herbal teas. Um, and so I do like sort of like a peppermint tea or a chamomile tea. And I see that they've got those on there. So I'll be trying one of those. I'm just smiling because I like to hear you say, say cheeky monkey. Cheeky monkey. <laughs> So on the first page is all of your courses. The Yorkshire and the Berkshire are your caviar courses. Those are your courses to share for two people. The basic plate is the Bedfordshire, which you'll find over here. You get your selection of tea sandwiches, which is a golden beet and goat cheese, an egg salad, a cucumber watercrust, and a sweet chicken curry. Now you each get your own pot of tea and your own choice of dessert. The difference between the courses is that the Cheshire comes with the first course of fruits and cheeses, and that's an extra course added on. And the Derbyshire comes with a glass of champagne. And then, of course, Mrs. Potts is for kids ages 3 to 9. So. <laughs> Can I ask what Lavosh is? Yeah, Lavosh is a sesame cracker that goes well with your cheeses that you'll be getting oh, on the plate. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Yep. Do you have any other questions for me or anything you would like me to go over? What is your, your favorite or most recommended tea? If I want to have, I, I listen, I want to do this the traditional <laughs> British way, what, what tea would you recommend? Well, if you wanted the traditional British way, I would recommend English breakfast, usually with a little cup of milk. But my favorite tea is Mad Hatter's tea. It's passion fruit and pomegranate with a hint of vanilla. It's specialized on our Disney property, so you can only get it here at this tea room. And it's absolutely delicious if you like fruity. Mm. I, think I, need, I think I have no other choice but to do the English breakfast tea. Um, I'm not sure, because I'm not from Britain. But, I mean, most people that do come in from there, they usually get the English breakfast, and they usually ask for a little thing of milk. I just asked her, and that's exactly what she said. Yeah, yeah, you, ha- yeah, you would normally drink, your, especially the English breakfast, you would normally have that with milk. Right. I'm glad I knew that. <laughs> so what do you think, uh, thinking, Emma? I'm, I'm so excited and hungry and confused. No. Well, you won't get a lot of food. It might not seem like it because everything is tea portion, but I promise you will leave out of your full. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm quite interested in trying the Cheshire tea, I think. Okay. Um, you can keep your champagne because I don't drink, so... <laughs> um, and I think I will go for the Harmony tea, which is chamomile, orange blossoms, peppermint and allspice, which sounds very nice. Yeah. I've been saying chamomile wrong all along. Say it again. <laughs> chamomile. Uh, I will also have a Cheshire tea, please. And uh, I will have English breakfast tea. Okay. Uh, You know, the way we have it in the old country with milk, please, on the side. (laughs) Now, we do have one more tough choice for you, too, and that's your desserts. You can each choose from strawberries and cream, a cranberry trifle, or pastries. I'm going to... Well, we can share, can't we? So I'll I'll pick the pastries... I'm going to pick the second one, too. Ladies' choice. Uh, the trifle. I think we should see yeah, what that's like. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, I'll I'm... have that out for you as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank I'm trying you. to be an English gentleman, too. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly again uh, about the space as we look around, what I love about it is it's so bright and open and airy with uh, the giant windows overlooking uh, the, the courtyard and the pool area. But I didn't even notice that we, when we first walked in that there are... Uh, in the center of the room, almost um, serving dishes with some of the, the little pastries on them. Yeah, um, quite typically when you go for afternoon tea anywhere, you will get the little cake stands. So they have several um, sort of like 
layers and you will get all of your um, uh, sandwiches and uh, cakes brought out on those and that's quite a you, you, you um, people do actually buy those in shops when they want something a nice little fancy stand um, they're really really cute anyone I noticed too you know Magic Kingdom is a few hundred yards away but if you look and again we're here about 2.15 2.30 in the afternoon Look at how everybody's dressed. It almost like I believe and I love getting dressed for dinner. Um, and it looks like people, you know, got a little bit dressed for their afternoon tea. And I think that's something really special that you can do. And we talk, you, know, you can have a special dining experience without it having to be the, the Queen Victoria room at, at Victoria and Albert's. I think it feels really special in here. Um, I said um, when I first walked in, even to the Grand Floridian, that it feels so calm and so relaxing. And the background noise, whether it's music or just pe- the hustle and bustle, is really nice. And it feels like it in here as well. There's... Um, you know, it could be just a relaxing afternoon or it could be a special occasion. You know, we've got blue skies today and the light, the sunlight is sort of bouncing off the buildings outside and it just feels it's a really pretty place to be. You know, we talk about these sort of transformative experiences. You know, when you walk through certain portals in, in lands in Magic Kingdom or, or um, even at places like Animal Kingdom, you know, you walk into the lobby of the Grand Floridian and it, it's... It's formal, not stuffy. Like, we were, we were sitting on a couch, just sort of relaxing, having a nice chat before. There's the ambient music in the background. I mean, it's not... I think some people get maybe... They say, oh, we can't take the Grand Floridian because it's, it's too stuffy. My kids wouldn't enjoy it. We've stayed here with my kids, and they, it's, it's um, as elegant as it is, it's still a fun place. But it was so nice to just sit in the lobby and relax and, and have a nice chat. And uh, clearly, we were not the only ones. And there's flesh, cr- fresh cut flowers everywhere and the music in the background and again on a typical beautiful Florida day like today this is really nice yeah and actually uh, what I'm surprised about is it can feel as posh as you want it to I think you know that you wouldn't you could come in here and relax I I wouldn't feel uncomfortable being in here um, if I wasn't dressed up you know that the the server is lovely everybody is really friendly so you can make it whatever experience you want it to be yeah I think I should have gone with the afternoon dress coat instead of the tucks and tails I might have gone (laughs) a little bit over the top for today's for today's lunch thank you of course we need milk. Um, I don't. You just told me I needed milk. You do. Oh. I don't. I wouldn't. Oh no, I wouldn't have milk with peppermint and herbal tea. All right. So does it matter? Do I put like my sugar in first and then my milk, or is I supposed to put my milk in first? No, you put your milk in now and then you can just sugar it. Oh. Thank you. Come on. Well, look at that. It's like a little like tea sleeping bag, or known as a tea cozy. A tea. It's like a snuggie for my teapot. <laughs> and some people knit them, so you can actually have knitted tea cozies. Yeah. Oh, so this is like a real thing. Yeah, yeah, this is like a real thing. So it's almost like a, a velvety <laughs> painting of velvet. No, it's like a velvet pouch um, with a um, um, <laughs> with an embroidered Garden View lounge, and it, it sits over your teapot to keep it to keep it warm. Thank you. Oh, look at this. Alright, so I'll go over your cheeses starting from left to right. You have an aged goat gouda, a French blue, a triple cream brie, and a white cabbage cheddar. For your fruits, you have star fruit, mango, uh, papaya, and pineapple. 
You also have fresh honeycomb, raisins on the vine, and edible orchid to clean your palate for the next course. Love wow. Enjoy. That's, so that's what I'm supposed to do with the flower. They always say you can eat the flower, and I always think that they're joking with me. So is this, is it, is this like, does this look right to you? Oh, I have no idea. This all just looks very posh and impressive. I love the honeycomb. So as soon as she put that down, I thought, that looks like fresh honeycomb. So that's lovely. Um, but yeah, the, the tea cozies are basically to keep your tea warm um, so that you can take as long as you want actually drinking and eating your afternoon tea. So she came and obviously left the, the teapots here for us, a nice large teapot. Staring at me as my as I pour my <laughs> as I pour my milk, and of course you'd normally have a choice of milk, so you can have full fat milk, semi skimmed, and skimmed. And again, there's the great debate as to which milk is better in tea. I need an instruction manual <laughs> for this. I'll put a couple of sugar cubes you need in. more milk in it than uh, that. Okay, clearly I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's supposed to be light. It's supposed to, yeah? Yeah, it's meant to be quite milky. Um, you'll probably find that that hasn't, the, the tea hasn't actually brewed very long, so that's, quite, that's why it's quite pale at the moment. You'll probably find that the next cup you have um, will actually be stronger and you can add more milk to it. You keep looking, do I need more milk? No, no, I would imagine that that's skimmed milk, and that's why it okay. looks like that. Yeah, I'm clearly, I'm clearly by, I'm watching my figure. Um, <laughs> well, here, Pinky's out. I just wanted oh, to see... Ah, okay. I wanted to see whether they were um, tea bags or whether it was fresh tea. Because obviously if it's fresh tea, it's the actual tea leaves and you usually use a strainer um, to actually pour it into your cup. So what they've done is they've actually made the tea and removed the tea leaves. So they've actually given us pre-made they've made it before they've brought it to our table which means it won't actually get any stronger so a lot of people like quite strong tea some people like it weak so what you'd normally do is leave the tea leaves or the tea bag in the water and then it it becomes stronger as you drink it so you let it steep as long as you want until it gets to a certain strength and you can take it that's right yes See, I always thought you only left it in, like, you let it steep for, like, two to three minutes and then you remove the tea bags. It really depends on what your your sort of tastes are. Um, so some people kind of take it out straight away and other people leave it sort of four or five minutes. Um, and, and the thing is, is that when you're drinking tea from a teapot, you'll find that it'll be weak to start off with and then get stronger as you drink it. Okay. All right. Pinky's out. Cheers. <laughs> God save the queen. Cheers. Tally ho! That's good. Wow, that's really good. Wow, it's um. Louie, you can put your pinky down. Um, <laughs> it's um, it obviously it cuts the 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 um, like not the bitters, like the strength of of the of the English breakfast, which can be a little harsh if it. Wow, I'm so excited. See, and I'm sure it'll improve your English accent as well. I could feel it getting better already. <laughs> So awful. All right, so I don't even know where to start, start first here. I'm just going to follow your lead. 
well, any any cheese is good for me. We uh, seem to remember we had that conversation at the Rose and Crown. Just give me any cheese and I will like it. So the first, the first is the Gouda. Mm, that's really strong, lovely and creamy. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I never met a cheese I didn't like. One of my um, all-time favorite, most memorable meals was being on Remy on mm. the cruise and having the cheese course for dessert. Mm. At, uh, and uh, again, we talked about that at the Rose and Crown, that again, normally cheese is served as a dessert. Um, so again, it's quite unusual. I, I don't know with afternoon tea whether it is more uh, a sort of big, you know, a starter. Um, but it is normally so strong that you would have it at the end of a meal because otherwise it could actually affect the, the rest of your courses. So I have to admit that I've never had honeycomb before. I'm now about to try it. I'm now about to try cheese and honeycomb. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to wear it on your face like I am. Mm. That is lovely with the cheese. Really nice, like the sweetness, um, and then the sharpness of the of the cheese. That's lovely. Mm. And I love blue cheese. I love. I can. Wow, that's really good. And I don't think I've ever had a star fruit either. Right. Hmm. Crunchy. One of my favourite snacks is to have cheese and apple. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. So chopped up apple and cheese is really nice. Again, having the fruit and cheese together, um, the the two strong flavours really kind of complement each other. Yeah, the uh, the star fruit, I expected to have a a kiwi consistency and it almost has more of a, Mm. a crunchy apple texture to it. Mm. And I think the third one over is a is a brie. She said. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Not as strong as the gouda, but really, really, really creamy. It's all really refreshing as well. So again, if you've had the morning in the park. And it's quite warm out there. And perhaps you've had a few days like eating kind of sort of Disney food from quick service places. To come in here and have something like this, it feels really refreshing and different. And you know what, too? It's it's very relaxing. You The, the last thing I feel is rushed. Mm. You know, like this is meant to be one of these meals that you just sort of take your time and you savor and enjoy. Not just the food and the atmosphere, certainly the company as well. Yeah, it's, um, you do just feel like you can take your time and, uh, you know, they can do whatever they want out there in the parks and we'll just in, enjoy ourselves in here for the afternoon. And it's a, a relatively small venue too, so it's not one that gets very crowded. I would say maybe there are 20 tables, if that. Uh, and again, it runs from noon to about 5 p.m., I think. So I was so excited for our food that I forgot to take a picture of it. Um, but we were just saying, there was a lot of fruit. I mean, 
it wasn't much of a stretch, but I almost had to like, you know, it was a lot more than I expected. Not like I had to, you know, suffer through it. I mean, but there was a lot of food on there, a lot of cheese on the plate too. Yeah, considering that's kind of like the the, the starting course. Um, one thing I said it was really refreshing. You know, um, it's just really nice to have something like that. Um, the the fruit is really refreshing. The cheese goes well with it. The sort of different flavours, um, and we have got our edible flower. I know. I'm, I'm 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 stalling for the flower, but it really is nice. You know, I've come to appreciate. Um, just the different types of cheeses and how mixing the, the textures and the flavors and the temperatures and the different layers that it brings out. You know, the crunchy star fruit is very different than having sort of the, the softer melons and then the raisin. And that honeycomb was insane. Mm, yeah, really nice. I'm having honeycomb with every meal now. <laughs> I was going to say, I would eat this every day if I could find somebody to actually make it for me. All right, so you, so how do we do this? So this flower almost looks like I should put it in your hair or on my lapel, but we're supposed to eat it? Like, do we just eat the leaves? Do you pop no, the whole thing in your mouth? the whole thing. God, you first. <laughs> it doesn't really taste of anything. No. It's a palate cleanser, she said? Mm, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Thank Let you. me finish my flower, please. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Your next question will be very short. Thank, Thank you. It, it doesn't have a flavor, but it almost feels like it, it took away that residual taste that was on my... I get it. It took away the residual taste that was on my tongue. It's almost like dissolvable paper, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's no sort of flavor, but you can tell that it is, it's changing the taste in your mouth. I'm just excited for what's next. <laughs> oh my. What you see on this plate is an open sandwich that is a golden beet and goat cheese. To the left is an egg salad. The one in the middle, standing straight up, is a sweet chicken curry. And to the right is a cucumber watercrust. For your cheeses, you have a Telemunk cheddar cheese and a sage derby. You also have lavash crackers, fresh fruit, and a caramelized onion tart. Ooh, I just love the fact that you brought us more cheese. Yeah. <laughs> It's really good. Sage Derby is my favorite, so I think you'll really like that one. Enjoy. Thank you. This looks lovely. This just gets better and better. This is kind of like my kind of food. A caramel, caramelized onion tart. I love that. Um, and... I don't remember anything she said, but the present, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's delicate and it's nice. But again, there's a there's a lot more food here than I thought. I wasn't expecting cheese. No. I thought it was just sandwiches again, uh, or you know, I wasn't expecting the cheese again. But um, yeah, like so, there's cucumber. I can see cucumber, and I did say cucumber sandwiches. Um, what's this? Was this beet or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, let's let's do this. Let's sample the same ones together. And I will let you choose which one I want to eat first. Let's go for the cucumber one first, because that will be quite light. This one. So it's... When you say finger sandwiches, they're probably... Well, they're, they're finger length, probably two finger width um, wide. Um, and yeah, just a nice little cucumber sandwich. Um, we, we, they're the same size as soldiers that we have with boiled eggs. A, a what with a what? 
<laughs> so, um, so you get like a normal egg and you boil it so that it's still runny in the middle and it's got its shell on. And then you like cut the top off and put it in an egg cup. Right. And then you cut your bread into like finger slices like this, mm-hmm. and they're called soldiers. And then you dip it in the boiled egg. So I've done the boiled egg thing. We had egg cups when I was a kid, and we still have egg cups now. But I've never done the dippy bread thing. Yeah, yeah. So you you dip your soldier in your dippy egg. Okay. That's... Mm. Oh, that's nice. So it's got some kind of like sort of cream cheese or something with it as well. And yeah, it's really light, really refreshing again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can eat about 17 of these. And it's a, um, like a, like a rye seed type mm. bread. I know you have food in your mouth, that's why I stick the microphone in your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to chew. Yeah, it's like a white bread, but then it has, yeah, it's got seeds in it as well. So, um, yeah, it's really nice. And, and, you know, like, I get it. Like, all of a sudden, I just got it. It just hit me. Like, I had that, and I had a little sip of my tea. I'm like, this is really nice. I think we should, I think we should need to implement. I am going to run for the presidency and make us all have afternoon tea every day. That's all. That's only, that's my platform is afternoon tea. See, if you think about it, so they would have breakfast. And then they would go all day until the evening when they'd have their, like, big meals. So this really would get you through the day. And your breakfasts are sometimes a little bit different than a traditional American breakfast. Like, you're not doing scrambled eggs and bacon and toast. You have a lot of different stuff normally, correct? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, traditionally now we have cereal and toast and you may have, like, a cooked breakfast, but it may be not quite as heavy as an American breakfast. Um, but I guess I don't know when American... Uh, when English um, afternoon tea was introduced. I don't know what kind of, you know, breakfast foods they would have at the time. Don't you have, like... Um, don't you have, like, beans and stuff for breakfast sometimes? That's part of the English cooked breakfast. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day because for me, my um, I know that people are going to be disgusted by this, but when I come over to America, the main meal that I would have over everything else is American breakfasts. I just love everything that you have. But yeah, we have an English fry-up, which is fried egg, uh, bacon, um, grilled tomatoes baked beans um some people don't have the baked beans or the tomatoes and fried bread and that's not like your um french toast it is literally a sliced bit of bread that is put into grease and fried so that it's dripping with the grease as if you couldn't make toast any better the english find a way to do it (laughs) that was really good i like that a lot oh my Oh, goodness. This will be for you both to share. Thank you. I forgot to take pictures again. What's wrong with me? (laughs) There you go. This is All right. So on the first plate, you have your cranberry trifle and your assorted pastries. On the second and last plate, you have a golden raisin scone and a strawberry jam tart. Inside of the tray, you'll find a lemon curd, a Devonshire cream, and apricot jam. Lovely. Enjoy. 
Let me know if you need anything, okay? Can you tell me again what these are? I forgot. That is a golden beet and goat cheese. On the left is an egg salad. And the one in the middle there, standing straight up, is a sweet chicken curry. Thank you. My pleasure. So I'm going to say something that I've probably never said before. This is a lot of food. I don't know if I could eat all this. (laughs) I will. I will. I love all this kind of stuff. And um, there's lemon curd. Oh, and it's like little, and I like because it's all little picky food. It's like a li- <gasps> it's like her own little buffet being brought yeah. right to the table. Yeah. And the trifle, I mean, we, we've already gone on to the dessert, look, and we've still got, the trifle is what I said it was. It is a layer of um, sponge, custard, jelly, um, and then cream on the top. So. And, and in the cream, and I'll try to remember to take a picture of it, the Grand Floridian logo looks like it's in a, a jelly or a jam or some kind of sauce. And have you seen the little swan? There's like a little shoe pastry oh. swan with cream in it. She looks so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's eat the All sandwiches. Right. What, what's next? I, I'm interested to try this beet one. Yes. Okay. Because it looks like salmon. It actually looks like salmon, so that's quite interesting. And it's a small, it's an open, mm. it's not like a sandwich. Wow, that's different. Wow, and it's really strong. It's a golden beet. It's not a traditional red beet. It was sliced relatively thin, and what'd she say? There was a, a cream cheese or something? Goat right? cheese, I think she said. I think that's why it's so strong. Mm-hmm. So the goat cheese has got a real kick to it, and then the beet just kind of has like the subtle kind of sweetness. I love goat cheese. I like intense flavors. That is definitely the most intense of anything we've eaten so far. Yeah, it's almost quite sort of like got a touch of uh, vinegar to mm-hmm. it. Do you know what would be great? I just thought about this. Wouldn't it be great to have a party here, like all the tables worth of this food? And all sit round as a, as a as a group. Oh, that'd be lovely. You're giving me ideas. I you're looking at me like, yeah, make that happen, Longello. Like wedding reception. Like if you had this as a wedding reception. I think just like a little WDW radio type event where we sort of all dress up very proper. I have that OMG face on. Everyone can channel their inner Mary Poppins and Bert. Oh. God, my brain is reeling flames. <laughs> I love that idea. A sort of posh little little uh, afternoon tea or... I'm nodding. I'm nodding as if, yeah, we need to make that happen. All right, I don't remember what this other... I, I, she, I keep asking her. I'm not, that and egg. Okay, the, that's, so that's the egg one, yeah. Again, that's quite a sort of like bland one, isn't it? So that's quite nice after having strong ones mm-hmm. to then have something that's quite mild. And it's more, um, it's on just a, a very plain white bready bread. That's actually really nice after the beet and the goat yeah. cheese. And I'm quite surprised that it hasn't, um, I think it would normally have egg with cress because um, that's quite a sort of like 
a fancy sort of afternoon tea sort of sandwich is your egg and cress. So um, it'd be interesting to sort of see if they've substituted the cress for these little bits of chive or whatever. Okay, in, in English, what's, what's a cress? Um, just like a little seedling, a bit like grass, really. <laughs> egg and egg and grass, the, the egg and grass, grass. of course. Grass, grass, grass. <laughs> I'm going to do all of next week's show completely in an English accent. Yeah, and then we have to go through things like you saying um, aluminium. And um, oregano. You add a lot of extra letters in <laughs> aluminium, right? Of course. So, of all the sandwiches, the one that I'm most interested and intrigued by is the chicken curry, which is served on like a like a marbleized, like a marble rye almost. Yeah, the bread looks amazing. It's um, basically sort of brown and white bread, sort of, as you say, a marble effect. Mmm. You going to finish up? I like that. Oh, my. Sweet, fancy Moses, that's good. You can taste the, like, the Indian curry. It's not, obviously, there's no heat or spice to it, but it's got a really nice little spicy flavor Mm. to it. Yeah, it is quite spicy, um, and that was kind of why I thought maybe leave that one till last, because mm. I think it would affect the others. Um, so I think we've probably done them. I would have probably had the cucumber, then the egg, then the beets, beet and goat's cheese, and then this one. Um, but they're all really nice. Again, really refreshing um, and really strong tasting, yeah. even though they're, those, they're, so, they're quite tiny. And it's light. I mean, it's, it's a mm. strong flavour, but it's, it's still very light. Mm. And with the sandwiches too, um, it's not like you're getting, you know, a four-inch tall sandwich. It's a very thin layer of cucumber or egg salad. This chicken curry is phenomenal. But these are how we make our sandwiches. Obviously not finger size, but the thickness is is what we would have um, as a packed lunch. So what we take to work for, for lunchtime, um, they would be this kind of thickness. I would literally need nine of those Um that was really, really good. Now, we have the, um, the crackers and then two different types of cheese. The first looks like a, um, it's almost a marbleized green cheese. And I know I asked her what it was, but I was too busy paying attention to the cheese to know what she said. I'm trying to smell it. It, it, um, it doesn't have a, a super strong smell to it. No, it's very mild. It looks like it should be really strong mm. because it is like almost a green um, but it is really, it, it is really mild. And the crackers that they're on are these sort of sesame seed thick type crackers. Is this the look? What you call it? Lavoche. Lavoche. Yeah. Um, kind of like Ritz crackers, I guess. That kind of thing. Quite mm. unusual. No, these are more. Ritz are much more flaky and buttery. Mm. This is much um, thinner and harder and crunchier. So what you do get with this that you didn't get before are the different types of textures. So I I like how the crunch of that mixes with the creaminess of the cheese and the the cheese is not intense at all. That's actually really nice. And the the cracker is quite sort of sweet as Mm. well, isn't it? 
the cheese, I expect it to be much bolder, much sharper, and it's not like that at all. Now, because the first course, it was quite strong cheese, and I think it was meant to be strong to go with the um, fruit, whereas obviously this cheese in this course is meant to just complement the sandwiches rather than actually overpower them. Now, what I am hoping, though, is I'm hoping that the cheddar... I like a really nice, sharp cheddar. Very mild. Mm. Very, very mild cheddar. Yeah, I think both of them are very mild. And that must be to complement the sandwiches. And then we still have grapes and berries and this little caramelized I'm safe I was saving this from for last <laughs> very very deliberately I want that to be sort of the last flavor on my palate on this plate I wonder if it's not meant to be though I wonder if you're meant to almost use the cheese and the fruit to prepare yourself for the desserts and are we doing it wrong is this onion are you supposed to just pick it up and eat it are you supposed to use it with the cheese I need an instruction manual. You just, you just do it how you want to. I want to pick it up and pop it in my mouth. Oh. 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 I could eat a plate of caramelized onions out of a bowl, and that's, that is so sweet in a good way, but in a very soft, very flaky sort of half dollar size tart I'll have ten of those please and it's healthy because it's a vegetable yes onion which is really good for you regardless of how it's cooked or Mm. that it's in pastry that is phenomenal now Emma don't be obvious but the lady to your right isn't eating her onion. I'm sure if you either reached over quietly or just asked her nicely, I'm sure she would give it to you. <laughs> I could knock her bag on the floor, <laughs> and while she's getting that, I could get it. You know, because we, we're having English afternoon tea. We've got to act like we're English. That was so nice. I was so hoping you weren't going to like that. That could be my favorite thing so far. <laughs> I, I almost don't want to get full on, because I am. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been a lot of food, like I'm getting full, yeah. which for Lou Mangiello is, is odd. And, um, ha- and have you noticed how many cups of tea we're getting out of these teapots? I think I'm on about my fourth yeah. cup of tea, which is lovely. You know, the tea is there throughout the whole meal. And it's funny because it not going to make any sense trying to articulate it but it tastes different based on what you're eating that's a really good way of putting it and it complements it though that's the difference like quite often you'll go to a restaurant and order a a drink like yes if you have wine you're meant to order the wine that complements like the fish or the meat but if you have like a soft drink sometimes the the drink actually sort of spoils the taste of what you're eating whereas this it, it actually, as you say, enhances each each course, basically. 
This is like the best day ever. If they allowed stretchy pants in here, it would be perfect. I think I guess you could wear stretchy pants because you can. There's a lot of people dress casually in here as well. But the thing is, is that it doesn't feel like we're eating a lot of food despite getting full because it's very proper in here. So how would one be eating a lot of food when it's so tiny right. and also well presented? Right, it's not like you go into a buffet and just yeah. you know dump it on eight pounds of mac and cheese. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. I'm not judging because I do it myself. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna keep a little bit of cheese to the side, like in reserve. Have a little bit more fruit, and then I'm very intrigued by. I guess you have to call it the dessert course. Yeah, I mean, there's so much selection on there. Um, you know, the the fruit's gone. Um, it's interesting that they don't serve the fruit scone with clotted cream. Um, I'm sorry, with what? <laughs> so that's something almost separate from sort of the afternoon tea with the sandwiches is that you can get um, scone, um, jam and uh, clotted cream. And that's especially Yorkshire. Um, and that's cream. I have no idea what you... Yeah, I think you said scone and jelly and then <laughs> cottage cheese <laughs> it sounds really nasty doesn't it what clot what do you call it clot, clotted clotted yeah. it sounds prettier when you say it clotted <laughs> c-l-o-double-t-e-d clotted cream now it sounds like a lyric from a Sherman Brothers song c-l-o-double-t-e-d um, so it's just like sort of <laughs> thick cream that tastes slightly turned like slightly sort of sour. So it's not like a. I, I don't know why cottage cheese is what's coming to mind, but it's not over like a sour cream. Is it like a sour cream? I mean, it's still sweet. I don't know, kind of, you know, what ingredients it is, but it's still sweet. So it's like a hard cream. Let <laughs> the sink in for a second. All right, so I'm adding to the list of things I need to come and try at the UK. Uh, HP sauce. A chip butty, um, proper chips, and clot, clotted cream. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right, so do we, um, do we move on to, so we each get, so this is a three-tier, and I, I, I think I took a couple of pictures, it's a three-tier um, dessert serving tray. Uh, the two middle tiers are identical. One for you, one for me, and then there's the uh, the one on top, which I have to make sure I take pictures of because it's just so pretty. So do we take an individual plate, or do we? How do we do this? Yes, what you would do is actually take the individual plate out. Um, sometimes they're they're fixed, so that you would have a plate, and then you just help yourself to the cakes that are on the cake stand. Um, but I think these ones, you actually move the plate out. So basically, you've got one plate for me with the scone and the jam tart on the next plate has got another scone and jam tart on for you and then we've basically got the um sort of the pastries and the trifle and it looks like she's given us the strawberry and cream as well ladies first because i'm afraid i'm going to do it wrong okay let me serve you like a proper gentleman thank you Oh my gosh, I'm making a mess. And I, 
I did notice that they're keeping the scones warm. So there's actually a thing behind us um, that they lift the lid on and actually keep the scones sort of warm inside as well. So I have to admit, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Um, because there's a, um, a scone, scone, and a little jam tart, and then a little ramekin with three sep- sections in it. I, I have to admit, Emma, I don't know what any of those things are. So you're cutting your scone. So you cut the scone. Scone in half. No, some people say scone. And then you would normally put the butter on. quite similar to clotted cream. You looked at it quite quizzically. Yeah, because it didn't look the consistency of sort of butter. It's hard to tell. But you spread it onto your half of scone. Okay. And then you get the jam or preserve and you put that on top. And the, the preserve, is it looks like, is it like an apricot? Is yeah, it, I think okay. she said it was apricot. Um, so again, sort of quite a strange choice. And then you've got the lemon curd as well. Um, so that's quite a lot um, for one small scone because you'd normally have the apricot or the lemon curd. So that's. Oh, so do you do like the butter and the apricot on one side yeah. and then the butter and the lemon curd on the other? Yeah. Oh, so that's, I get this. that's quite a lot to put on one half of a scone this size as well. I'm just watching you do it to make sure I don't mess it up. That is really strong. The apricot jam is lovely, really strong. Um, and the scone is um, really moist and, and soft as well. So, is, it, is, it, is it similar to what you would get at home? Yeah, very much so. So this is why I get quite confused, because your biscuits are savoury versions of our scones. Okay. So we don't have biscuits in the UK. Well, we do, but our biscuits are your cookies. <laughs> are, you fu- are you keeping up? <laughs> I need like an infographic to, to map all this out. All right, wait, hold this for a second so I can prepare my scone, scone, whatever. So I put some butter. And the, the, the scone... It, it does sort of look like a biscuit that you'd have, mm. like with biscuits and gravy, but it's sweet. It's got. It looks like it has fruit in it. Yeah, it will normal, normally have raisins or currants in it, and you can also get cherry scones, which are lovely, which have little bits of cherry in them. Is that right? Look, look great, right? Okay. Mmm. That is a tasty scone. Um, wow, that's really nice. And I don't usually put butter and jam on the same thing. Um, and it's not overly... I was expecting it to be almost too sweet because it's a, it's a sweet biscuit. But and it's also sometimes you get scones. Sco- I'm going to call it a scone. Scones here that are um, much harder on the outside. This is not like this is very, very soft. 
Yeah, and I think that's probably why they keep them warm as well. Um, so when they serve them, they are slightly warm, slightly softer. Um, and it's quite filling, you know, considering how small they are, there's, a, there's enough there. So on the other side, am I supposed to do the butter and the lemon curd? Which I, I, I don't see lemon curd on a lot of menus when I'm going out, you know, to Waffle House for breakfast or, or lunch. So I assume this is something that is very, lemon curd is a, is a very British and it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or hate it. So Marmite, again, not an American dish. Marmite, is that the... Um, I don't even know what it is. I've heard of it, and it, it's brown. And <laughs> I did bring you a very little tub of it, and... Um, but if you're like most of uh, the people in Britain, you just kind of left it in your cupboard. It's, um, I think it's an acquired taste. Um, yeah, so lemon curd, people either really like it or aren't really that interested in it. It's very strong normally. Um, the, the one here is almost like a sort of custard consistency mm-hmm. when normally, you know, sort of the lemon curd that... I sort of buy to have on toast is is almost like a jam. So I was expecting it to be again much sweeter. Um, is this is this sort of the, the is this an Americanized version of the jam and curd, or is this typical for what you would have? Because I almost expected it to be too sweet, and it's not at all. No, I think that I think what we've got here is very much so. It's, very English. I don't think a lot of it has been interpreted, um, which differs from the Rose and Crown mm-hmm. because we found that a lot of that was very much an interpretation, whereas this seems very traditional. And the scone, scope, whatever, and the tea, like, that's nice. That's really, really nice. And so this is a, um, it's like a, a jam tart? Yeah. I don't know if it's a it's a reddish jam so is it is it strawberry did she say I don't know it might be normally sort of raspberry or strawberry but you know the um, wow mm. you know um, Alice in Wonderland and the Queen of Hearts mm. she had um, jam tarts if I had jam tarts I don't know I wouldn't be as angry as her <laughs> I'd be a lot happier hmm it's um how do I say this? It's almost like a little raspberry jam pie, but not so sweet that it's um I, I don't know how to I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say. I think I was expecting it to be too much sweeter, but it's really, really nice. It's a nice compliment with the tea and the scone. Scone. I think they're all quite sharp, aren't they? I think mm-hmm. the the fruitiness from the curd and the jam and the jam tart, they're all still a bit sharp, and the scone and the, the pastry kind of take away from that sharpness. I think the raspberry one is the, was the most intense of the flavours versus the other two, and I was expecting the apricot to be the most intense out of all. And again, you've got that tea, and the tea is like a really nice complement to that rather than kind of interrupting the taste from it. So we were just noticing as we were um, as we were enjoying our scones, scones. You know, now the um, the, the Grand Florian Society Orchestra, world famous, plays in the evenings 
But today, how nice is this that the that the pianist is playing here in the lobby? Again, we're talking about sort of this, uh, the environment that, that we're in. You're talking about a multi-sensory experience, right? It's not just about what you see and what you smell and what you taste, but even what you hear too. It's, it's the atmosphere is just happening all around you, you know, it's and it's at the right level so that you can shut mm. it out if you need to talk or if whilst you're eating, there is that, you can hear the background music. It's It's very cleverly done. And I love the fact that it, it's period music. Um, there's some familiar music. A little few minutes ago, he was playing the Imperial March from Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this guy is awesome. Um, but we finally made it to the, the final course. And we keep, you know, as, as we are, are pausing in between a little bit to eat, we keep looking at each other and saying we can't believe how much food there is. I was expecting, you know, small diameter plates with maybe one little, you know, piece of fruit, one little piece of thing. And there's a lot. I mean... This is a, a non-typical Lumangelo plate because there's food left in it because I want to make sure that I save enough for the final plate. So describe what we have on this one. So we have the um, English trifle, and that's that serving is for one person. Oh so um, because she said that with, with what we'd selected, or I think with all of them, they came with either the pastry the strawberries and cream or the trifle so you would normally pick one of those three um, and so the the trifle is in sort of like a, a smallish bowl probably sort of a, a large teacup size um, but that's one serving um, and then we've got the shoe pastry swan which is just amazing we've got the chocolate eclair and then we've got a strawberry that's dipped in it looks like white chocolate, but they said it was strawberry and cream. You might have to pick that up and taste it just to find out what it is. We could cut it. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a big that's a honking strawberry right there too. That's right. You can use your fingers. We're all friends here. There we go. So it, it does look like it's covered in white chocolate. And what are these little pink candies? Almost like a little pink candy ball. Yeah, they are like candy, aren't they? I've got no idea. Mm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's nothing better than a really good, big sweet juicy strawberry and chocolate and well and there's that <laughs> there's that too mm. oh I like that a lot mm. I really like that because the chocolate um, is not overly sweet and I don't know what these they're just the yeah, other like little what are these little pink ball candy things on the strawberry they're little strawberry chocolate crunches just a little decoration for the strawberry. <laughs> Can I have a four-pound bag of those to go, please? They're so good. Aren't oh they so good? <laughs> and they're healthy because they're strawberries. Yeah. And this is, um, it looks like a, a chocolate eclair. Yes. Yeah, so that's a chocolate eclair, which, again, should be um, shoe pastry filled with cream and covered in a, a, a hard chocolate. Please do the honors, and um, you can cut that bad boy in half. I'm just going to sip on my tea. And you made the point before. 
I think this is my fifth cup of tea, and it's still on top. And these little tea caddy cooler warmer thingies, I mean, the tea is still hot. Yeah, I had to take my tea cosy off because it it was just making the, the, the tea, tea. Yeah, the teapot was really warm, so it's like I'm going to be able to drink this before it cools down. So, but yeah, there's so much much tea there. Oh, it's it's a chocolate eclair. It's got chocolate on the mm. inside and chocolate on the outside. And that's quite unusual because it would normally be um, just sort of normal fresh cream, but they've almost kind of got a chocolate cream in there. Oh. Holy moly. Chocolate. It's not just for breakfast anymore. Wow. And it's a dark chocolate, isn't it? The, the, the top is mm-hmm. a, a hard, dark chocolate. And then it's a chocolate cream. Which means that's an antioxidant, which means it's, it's a health food. <laughs> See, afternoon tea is good mm-hmm. for you. So, this is the only thing that I'm, I'm going to tell you, the only thing I'm scared about. That we had so many good, very, very different flavors along the way, right? This has been quite a journey, right? We've had fruit, we've had the cheeses, we've had the, uh, the, the breads, the more cheeses. A lot of different flavors, a lot of different textures. And I keep trying to think, like, what do I want that final taste to be on my palate? Like, whatever I want to finish a meal, I'm like, all right. I like to put a little something off to the side. So I'm hoping that this trifle is able to live up to all the other good stuff that we've had along the way. And again, it's what I've said before about the cheese. I think it would be nice to kind of finish this with some of the cheese. Have you looked at my plate? It was sitting right there. Huh? Which is why you've <laughs> saved it, obviously. There is um, a, uh, a method to my madness. And we have got the swan as well. Oh my God, I didn't even see the little swan. I feel a bit bad cutting that in half. <laughs> Because it has, like, it's got a little head and everything. Yeah, it's a little ball pastry that they have somehow decorated and carved up to look like... <gasps> oh. <laughs> Is that hat? Oh, you gave me the, the piece with the head on it. See, now I like the filling more of mm-hmm. that than the chocolate eclair because that's almost like a custard kind mm-hmm. of cream. Very traditional puff pastry mm-hmm. cream. Yeah, really. That's really light. I like that. And it's, um, it's cool and it's light. And then you have a... I just had a sip of tea after and it sort of warms your palate, changes the flavor. That's good. All right. Last and certainly not least, and I'm going to let you. It's it's so pretty on top with mm. the logo. You almost don't want to dig in, but we really want to dig in. And also, um, you know, I was saying obviously that they they sort of serve these at parties and things. And the other version is sherry trifle. So where you've got the sponge at the bottom, that would be soaked in like um, an alcohol, like sherry, so that it had that little bit of kick to it as well. And makes the rest of the day go a little bit smoother when you have a little sherry at the bottom. That's really nice. The fruit has got a little bit of a kick to it, um, and it's nice and creamy as well. 
So what surprises me about this is how light it is. Mm. I was fearful that it was going to be a very heavy desserts are sitting um, at the end. And it's not. It, it's very deceptive because even all the different layers, it's still really light. Um, very similar types of textures to it, too. So there's nothing off-putting about this at all. It tastes almost like cranberry. Sort of like small red berries. I have to try it again because I don't... Not that I don't believe this, I just want to try it again. And we're not... I, me... I'm not judging you if you do, but I could. I can't finish that. Oh, I can. <laughs> I've run a lot of miles in the last forty. Oh, That's true. Days. You just you just ran almost fifty miles in the last couple of days uh, doing the dopey challenge. Uh, congratulations, by the way, <laughs> to you. So you deserve it. You've, you've run off. You've burned calories in advance of that. I think we did it in the right order. I think you're right. I think that's the way that you end, although I did save some cheese on the side. I think that the, the serving size makes it quite filling. I think if you'd have had that and then tried to have the pastries, um, it would have been too much. But then you normally have one or the other, so and you can, you can see why. So... Yeah, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to test some of my cheese. I'm sort of. I wish I need another flour to cleanse my palate again, and go back to the cheese. You know, when I first sat down and I looked at the pricing on the menu again. I had this preconceived idea of what was going to come out. Mm. I said, "Wow, you know, I wonder how that price point fits in." And you said it to me before in terms of value. I mean, I think that you really. I mean, you get a lot of food. I mean, I am not finished eating. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to finish. You get a lot of food for your money. And um. Did we have the one that had four courses? I know. I think we only had three. I think the one that we had was the, the $40 yeah. price point. Yeah. And um, the others came with champagne as well. So right. if you think... And they weren't, there wasn't much difference in price. So um, you would normally get a glass of champagne with it as well. Yeah. And, you know, the high end, obviously, of the Spectrum has uh, a different champagne and the caviar as well. Um, which, unless you eat it first, would get lost amongst mm. all these different flavors. I mean, you can really make it the experience you want it to be, can't yeah. you? So I think the, um, the way that I would do this again, and I will do this again, is you don't have lunch. I mean, this is the afternoon tea is not meant to be, and I think that's for us as Americans, maybe who are primarily might be listening, who don't have afternoon tea... My thought was I'm supposed to have lunch first, and this is just a little afternoon snack to tide me over to dinner. I mean, this would be, and this is enough food for an evening meal for me, rather than this isn't a snack. This, you know, uh, it's almost is too much to tide me over as well. You know, it's unlikely that I'll need much more to eat this evening. It's great. I would even potentially recommend this if you maybe have a light lunch early in the day. And then you've had a, a, a long day at the parks. <clears throat> Excuse me. What if you came here at 5 o'clock? The last thing is do a 4.30, 5 o'clock last seating and almost make this, I, I want to say, a lighter type dinner. Mm. You really could. And then maybe if you wanted to have a cocktail and a snack later on. I mean, this absolutely can suffice. And that would be really nice, as you say, if you'd had a day in the parks, leave a bit earlier. Um, come in here, have this while it's quiet, and just spend the evening relaxing. 
you know, like you've said before about sort of like the the perhaps the adult side of Disney. You know, you can you could have this, and then you could just stay in the Grand Floridian and have a, a few drinks and just enjoy the music, and that would be a really nice sort of way to end a, a busy day. That's exactly what I thought. You come here four thirty, five o'clock. I mean, we've been here for gosh, let me look and see. All right, so we've been here for two hours um, with, with you know, obviously no problem. Nobody is, is pushing us out. Nobody's rushing us out. You can come here at 4.30, 5 o'clock, stay for a couple of hours. The Grand Floridian Society Orchestra will start later on this evening. You go upstairs to Meisner's Lounge, arguably one of, if not, it possibly is my favorite lounge, especially for food. Have a nice glass of wine, a late-night drink. They have some great appetizers in there. So if you do want another little snack, that is a perfect adult evening right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, then just kind of roll back to your resort. (laughs) I was going to say, you have to waddle back to your room. Uh, I would recommend staying at the Grand Floridian when you do this. Um, But this was really, really nice. Um, And I appreciate you taking time uh, out of your holiday, because I know you only get to come here every couple of years. Um, Whenever I see you, Emma, not only do I have a great time, but I learn so much, too. because I do, I, I say all the time, I, I believe you, and this is a, a, a testament that you learn so much about a culture and other people through their food, you know, through the food and the cultures and the customs. And maybe you don't do this anymore, but I feel like I got a, a little bit of uh, the UK here in America. And it's nice because I think that's really what Disney does Um, and they almost hide it very well you know and we sort of talk about Epcot and really sort of that's what Epcot's about as well and there's these little places around um, Walt Disney World that are introducing you to different cultures and different experiences and it's... um, you're learning without realising that you're learning. So it's nice for me to come along and actually share, you know, the the background to some of the things. And um, this has been really nice. And and as I said, you know, the Rose and Crown was very much Disney's interpretation of British food. Um, But from what I've tasted and my knowledge, this is pretty spot on for afternoon tea. I just love that she said spot on for afternoon <laughs> tea. Um, and obviously you can make reservations, and I recommend you do make reservations uh, on the Disney Dining website. I'm curious if they take tables in Wonderland or not mm. before we go. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Amanda, this was lovely. It, it, I'm sorry, it was spot on. Um, it runs from 12 p.m. The last innings at 5 p.m. Last is usually around 4.45. Sometimes we take walk-ins if we're not too busy. Okay. But yeah, usually our last is at 4.45. And then we'll carry on until about 5.30 in the afternoon. Okay. And by the time we're all done closing and cleaning up, it's usually about 7, 7.30. So you can take walk-ins, but you do recommend making reservations? Y- yes, you must make reservations. The only time we do take walk-ins is if it's very slow. Okay. And that is pretty much rare for the most part yeah. today. I mean, for the past few days, it's been kind of slow. But for the most part, I would definitely recommend making a reservation or you will probably have a really hard time getting in. Yeah. And is there tables in Wonderland discount? Unfortunately, we no longer take that. Okay. Yeah. We just stopped that about maybe two months ago. That's fine. We were just saying, um, based on the amount of food that we have, the enjoyable experience, um, you know, it's worth, we think it's a great value. Right. I agree. I would definitely come. I like actually came here a few times when I'm not working just to come with my family and stuff. It's a good experience. It's nice. It's good food. It's a lot of food. Yeah. So I definitely recommend it to anyone who likes tea. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. I mean, you and you are wonderful too. Thank you for making the experience so wonderful. We appreciate it. 
Emma from the UK. Um, this has been, you know, I, we're going to run out of amazing things to do eventually to sort of bring a little bit of the UK here, but we'll figure something out. Um, it is always a pleasure seeing you and dining with you and sharing these experiences with you. If people want to follow you on Twitter, where would they find you? Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, my main account is actually on Instagram. So I'm Pink Emma UK on Instagram um, and the same on Twitter as well. So, but yeah, head over to Instagram if you want to see pictures of food, Disney and running. Thank you so much and uh, God save the queen. Cheerio. <laughs> for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I asked you, maybe in anticipation for this week's show, what's the name of the turn-of-the-century fairground organ that you can find at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. This is one of those beautiful, wonderful details and wonderful backstories that's hiding in plain sight, yet so many people don't necessarily look up and pay attention. But you know that if you've been to 1900 Park Fair, you may have seen or even heard Big Bertha. So congratulations and thanks to all of you who entered and got this one correct. Or I announced last week's winner. Just a little bit of trivia. Big Bertha is actually an organ that was made in France back in the 1800s. She was purchased in the States in the early 60s. And about 2,500 man hours were spent completely refurbishing the organ from 1963 to about 1966. It then traveled the country to state fairs and expos until the owner retired in 1978 when he sold Big Bertha and a lot of his collection to the Walt Disney World Resort here in Orlando. And that is where stayed and resided over at 1900 Park Fair. So I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for the 102 ways to save money at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio tours of the park, a WDW Radio Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize for my collection that I'll send out to the winner, who is Kay Novello. So Kay, congratulations. Send me your information. I will send your package out right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week is a little bit of trivia, not just in what you see, but sort of in what you hear, because tell me, what resort in Walt Disney World was used as a backdrop for the Beach Boys music video for their song, Kokomo, back in the late 80s? You remember Aruba, Jamaica, who I want to take you. Anyway, you have until Sunday, January 31st, 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, you're playing for the 102 Ways book, all the audio tours, a WDW Radio Magic Band cover, and a special mystery WDW Radio logo item. It could be a shirt. It could be a mug. It could be something completely different. So good luck and have fun. Thank you. 
That's going to do it for this week's show. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely appreciate you and understand how valuable your time is. And the fact that you choose to share some of it with me means a great deal to me. Thanks again to all the new members of the WW Radio Nation, including Jess Cooper, James Garfield, Armando Reynal, Catherine Neal, and Jessica Monzingo. I appreciate the love, the friendship, and the support. And if you want to find out how you can help the show and get cool rewards every month by being part of the WW Radio Nation, visit www.radio.com slash support. Create a new scavenger hunt every month just for the nation. We've got a private Facebook group, exclusive logo gear, shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, and lots more. Again, visit www.radio.com slash support. Also, be sure to check out the blog, subscribe to the newsletter, and join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern as I broadcast live on Facebook, either from the home studio or out and about in Walt Disney World. Just follow me on Facebook, turn on notifications. You'll be notified every time I go live. Great way to have some fun, real-time conversation and be part of the community. If you have a question you want answered on the show, email me, lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail 407-900-9391. Be heard on the air. Also, check out the events page both on Facebook and www.radio.com. There you'll find out about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World and on the road events. Again, our next meet of the month will be during Princess Marathon weekend, February 19th or 20th. Not sure the date and time and location just yet. We also have our New Orleans Meet, Eat, and Rock and Roll Half Marathon. That's February 26th through the 28th. You can visit www.radio.com slash events to find out more and get your tickets. They are going fast. We have multiple events Friday and Saturday and then the race on Sunday. I'll be in the Philippines in March, Iowa in April, Chicago, our e-ticket adventure in November on the Disney Magic from New York to Puerto Rico and lots more. Also be announcing some other on-the-road events as I confirm some speaking engagements I have later on this summer, including San Diego, California. And if you think I might be a good fit to speak at your conference, to your business, or to your school, you can visit loumangelo.com. Click on the speaking page or school page. I talk about everything from Disney to customer service, following your passions and living a life that you dream of building a brand or business, podcasting, live broadcasting, and uh, anything else that I can custom tailor to your organization or to your school. And if I could maybe help you turn your passion into your profession with some personal mentoring and build the business that you want and live the life that you love and maybe ditch the nine to five, again, you can visit loumangelo.com and click on work with Lou. Thanks again to Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. They are who I have used for almost a decade now. They, it's who I recommend exclusively, not just because they give you the best possible prices, not because they are a completely fee-free travel agency, but it's because of the level of service that they give you. We go to Disney. We understand our level of expectations. Mouse Fan Travel and their team of agents exceed them all the time. Visit mousefantravel.com going to a Disney destination or anywhere on the planet, they will be able to help you out. And big thanks again to Becky and her team for sponsoring our event next month in New Orleans. Visit them over at mousefantravel.com then go to celebrationspress.com find out how you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered right to your door. And finally, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. 
tweet out that you're listening, share links and comment over on Facebook, invite your friends to come and listen and check out the show, and please go rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than a thousand five-star reviews. We hit number two overall among all iTunes podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Craig from Brooklyn, Mommy Her, Kevin Cybery, Cop447, Ryan, NYC Ariel and J.63. Visit www.radio.com slash iTunes to find out how and a direct link or just search for WW Radio in iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, thank you all so, so much for taking the time to listen, to tune in, to be so supportive and show your friendship to me in so many ways. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I hope that this show brings a little bit of happiness, a little bit of a positive influence to you and your life every single day. And whatever that thing is that you feel like you want to do or need to do, go do it. Go trust your instincts because the cost of not following your heart is spending the rest of your life wishing that you had. Never look back and say what if. Live passionately, take a leap of faith, and have an amazing incredible week this week. So until next time, thanks again. See ya. I can't believe it. Frozen is over in Norway. I'm just glad it's not Alaska. Because I like winter. But I just don't want to hear Let It Go get sung every day when I'm in cold places like this. I just want to enjoy a snow day without Disney's frozen around to bother me. Like, also, that is also the reason why I created Freezonia. Planet Freezonia, that is the MLP creation that I haven't sent out yet, but I will in time to come. Yes, I am a brony, by the way. And I am creating Freezonia as an alternative for winter. So, if you want to enjoy a snow day without Disney's frozen, come to Freezonia. Come see Freezonia, and you'll be happy. So... To those out there who are sick of Frozen, don't worry, I got you covered. Hi Lou, this is Sean from Palm Coast, Florida. My wife and I just moved down here from Pennsylvania two months ago. We have a passion for Disney and all things Florida, so we are very excited about this new move. And actually this morning we are going to Epcot and we are going to go around the World Showcase, enjoy all the decorations all the snacks, and then we're going to head over to Animal Kingdom and check out the Harambe Market. And we are just so excited to be down here in Florida and be able to go to Disney World um, whenever we want. It's just a blessing. And when we lived up north, we tried to make the time to come down here as much as we could. But now that we can just come whenever we want, it's just so exciting. And I just wanted to share that with you. And I also wanted to let you know, um, that I appreciate all the information and the entertainment through the years, and um, hopefully we get to meet you soon at Walt Disney World. Thank you. Have a nice day. Hey, Lou. It's Eileen Barton from Long Island, New York, sitting here at the Polynesian Pineapple Lanai on this rainy Friday, and we just wanted to tell you that 
we went to the Jungle Skipper Canteen yesterday for lunch on your recommendation. And you're right, their hot and sour soup is amazing. I did enjoy it more than the one at Morimoto's. Morimoto's is kind of thick and uh, a little on the gummy side. This had a nice clear broth, like you said. I, I found it a little spicier than Morimoto's and than you suggested, but we really enjoyed it. And the shumai were amazing. So light a dough and plenty of meat. Anyway, thanks again for taking the time to speak with us and hope to meet you again soon. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello, WCW Radio Nation, the box people, listeners, viewers, bloggers, vloggers, everybody and everybody. Um, Lou, your most recent podcast about Ron Disney events, the half marathon, marathon events, 10K, 5K, Dopies, Goofies, everything has finally inspired me. Um, I've been hesitant for a really long time, but I am finally going to commit, and I will finally be joining the WWE Radio running team and be doing my very first, not five, but 10K, and hopefully my first half marathon at the Wine and Dine in November. And Lou, all I can say is thank you. Thank you for hosting such a great team and such a great cause. Because um, if it weren't for you and your podcast, um, I don't know where I would be um, and where I'd be able to to give back. And so thank you so much, Lou and Becky and everybody involved in the WGW radio running team. And just know that thank you for letting me be able to have a platform to give back to and just always know that you'll always have a friend in me. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Becky. I love you all. Box people, Radio Nation, everybody, you are the best. You've got a friend.